Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare, a medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine. He is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right. Well, welcome to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Luis Sandoval. And today we are joined by our very special guest, Sammy. Hi, Sammy. Hi. How are you? So this is Sammy. And Sammy, what am I to you? That's right. So this is my daughter, Sammy Sandoval. And today, the reason that we have Sammy on our show is because we want to do a special show about Catholic schools, education, and for the parents and teachers, what are we doing about educating our youth, right? So we're going to talk about how do we pass on the faith, especially in this time of quarantine and in this time of struggle, and people aren't exactly sure what they're doing. But before we start the show, why don't we start with a prayer to Our Lady, since this is Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Sammy, is there any special prayer you'd want to do? Hail Mary. All right, let's do the Hail Mary. Let's say in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you can lead it, Sammy. Go ahead. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou in this woman, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, Sammy, today I want to talk about education and about Catholic education. And one of the things that's important about um, having you on the show today is that you are an expert in getting a Catholic education. You know why? You know why you're such an expert? Because you go to a Catholic school. And so you can at least tell me what it's like to be in your school, right? And what it's like to receive a Catholic education. Right now, what I can tell you, Sammy, is that, you know, a lot of people, parents are worried because a lot of parents have to do homeschooling. Do you remember last year when we had to do homeschooling? Yeah. And how was that for you? Um, I got internet problems. You got internet problems? <laughs> did you feel like you were learning well or no? You did? So you were able to learn and whatnot, and your teachers were able to teach you through the internet? Uh-huh. Right? But but now but now you're lucky enough to have um, the, um, the you're lucky enough to go to school, right? Mm-hmm. And how do you find that? Uh, it's better than virtual. Is it? You can bring the microphone closer to you, too. You can sit back a little bit and bring the microphone closer. There you go. It's better than virtual. Why? Why is it better than virtual? What do, what do you like about going to class versus the virtual? Well, I like class better because like the teacher can help you and like she'll help you with these problems and all of this stuff and was it harder when you were at home yeah yeah it wasn't she didn't have as much chance to to help you out so we're very lucky right we're very lucky that we're able that you're able to go to the school and and what's the name of your school hfcs and what hfcs and what does that stand for Holy Family Catholic School. That's right. Holy Family Catholic School. And you feel like it's a pretty good school? Yeah. Yeah. What do you like about it? Well, I have two best friends there, and their names are Andy and Leilani. And we love to play with each other all the time and sit next to each other during lunch. Really? And then tell me this, though. Now in your classrooms, are you you guys able to keep distance and and you keep social distance? Yes. Yeah. The teacher... the teacher has us six feet apart from our desks and mm-hmm. six feet behind. Good. So everybody's pretty much distance. You all keep your, your spaces. And do you feel pretty safe there? Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, and I think that I think we're very lucky. I think you're able to go to a Catholic school. And one of the things that I feel lucky about is that since you are going to a Catholic school, you're automatically being taught religion there, right? Yes. And so how do you feel about that? It feels good. 
Yeah. What do you like about your religion classes? We get to learn about stuff we never learned. Yeah. That we never knew about Jesus. And that's important. You know, your mommy and I talk all the time and tell all the parents out there, one of the things that we talk about is it gets very challenging during quarantine. And you might not see this as much, Sammy, but if for parents, it gets very challenging during quarantine to even know how to take care of the kids because a lot of kids are still doing virtual uh, at-home learning. And do you remember when you were doing that last year and all through summer and late and earlier on this year as well? And mommy was trying to help everybody out and right. And I would yes. try to help out if we could. That was pretty challenging. So a lot of parents have a lot of challenge with that. But, and, and rightfully so, right? It can be really hard. But what we want to let parents know is one of the things that's important is in the midst of all that, it's important to remember to continue teaching the Catholic faith, right? Because this is what we have to pass on as parents. Sammy, what season are we in right now? Lenten season. Oh, my goodness. Lenten season. And what have you learned about the Lenten season at school? Pentecost so far? Well, Pentecost comes, when is Pentecost? So this is good because this is what we learn, right? We talk about this. So when is Pentecost? After um, Lent. Right. So we have Lent starts with what? What was the day that started Lent? Um, Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. And were you able to get your ashes at school? Yes. That's pretty cool. So you got your ashes at school, Ash Wednesday. And then all of a sudden, when does Lent end? What's the day that it ends? Easter. Easter Sunday. And then when's Pentecost? 40 days after Easter. Well, not 40 days after Easter, but you're close. So it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's the 50th day, right? So Pentecost. Yeah. And what happened in Pentecost? Um, the Holy Spirit flamed upon each apostle. That's right. So the Holy Spirit flamed upon each of the apostles, right? There was a flame of fire that appeared over each of the apostles. Now, yeah. and would you say you learned a lot about this at school, or would you say you learned more about this at home? Both. A little bit of both, right? So we try to incorporate that at home as well. But one of the things that I really like about the school is that you start to learn about Lent and the Lenten season. <laughs> and more than anything else, what I really want to say on the show is whether your kids are lucky enough to go to Catholic school or some kids go to the public school so they don't have religion class there, I think it's important for us to remember to continue to talk about what we're celebrating in our Catholic faith during the time that we're celebrating. So right now we're in Lent. And what does that mean to you, Sammy? What does Lent mean to you? Sadness. Why? Why is it sad? Jesus had to die on the cross. Right. And so what do we do during Lent or what? what's the purpose of Lent? We make sacrifices yeah. during Lent. We do make sacrifices during Lent. And so what sacrifices are we making? We're making not watching TV during the weekdays. Right, so we stopped watching TV during the weekdays. And what else? Um, to not eat meat on Friday. Right, so during Lent, every, nobody eats meat on Fridays, right? And then what else is going on? Um, I remember now, did you decide to do any kind of sacrifices for yourself? Uh-huh. Which one? Put my heart into the rosary. I'm sorry, say that one more time. To put my heart into the rosary. Ah, so when we pray the rosary, right? when do we pray the rosary? Every night. So we pray the rosary every night, and then what do you want to do? Um, put my heart into it. You want to put your heart into it, right? And what does that mean? Um, I don't know. You're not sure? <laughs> well, if you say you want to put your heart into the rosary, does that mean maybe like 
You don't want to have distractions. You want to focus on the rosary a little bit, right? Okay. And then one thing that you were telling me, Sammy, that was very important that you brought up at home and we never really finished the conversation was um, you were saying that the Stations of the Cross was something important to talk about. Yeah. What do you know about the Stations of the Cross? Jesus had to journey far, like very far to a to a hill. Mm-hmm. And die there. And what was happening? What was going on during the Stations of the Cross? He had to walk. He, Pontius Pilate, said for him to be killed. Mm-hmm. Um, a woman came to. Uh, a woman. Uh, That's okay. So let me see. So you said Pontius Pilate told me how to be killed, and there's different stations, so different things happened for Jesus on the way to, yeah. to, to be crucified, unfortunately. And you were telling me how sad it made him feel, how sad it made you feel. Now, one of the stations you're mentioning is somebody came and wiped his face. You're talking about Veronica wiping his face. I said, like, eight women. There was oh, and station. then he consoled the women of Jerusalem. Yeah. So there were some women who were sad and crying. Yeah. Sure. And so then, eventually, though, you're right. Jesus had to go up to the hill, and he... He died. Why did Jesus die? So we could forgive, so he could say sorry to God for our sins. Right, so that ultimately Jesus sacrificed himself, right, so that he could, so that we could make it to heaven, mm-hmm. that our sins would be forgiven, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that's important is to remember, you know, this can be a sad time. How do you feel about that? Do you, do you feel super sad or do you feel like you can talk about it? What, what does this do for you during this time? I'm not that sure. That's okay. And you don't have to be, but you're learning about it, right? So mm-hmm. it sounds like you know it pretty well. <clears throat> this is our Lenten season. What are you looking forward to after Lent? Easter. And what's going to happen on Easter? Um, we get to watch TV on the weekdays. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. We'll see if it becomes a pattern because it's kind of enjoyable right now to not have the TV on. What else do we do on Easter? Uh, yeah. Um, we go to church on Easter. We do go to church on Easter, right? And do you enjoy going to church or not really? Mm-mm, sort of. Sort of. Is it a little bit boring sometimes? Mm-hmm. But what do you know is happening in Mass? They're teaching us about God. Well, we're there. there. We hear the priest teach us about God. And what else happens during Mass? Um, what, we, do you, what do you receive? We get communion. Right, and what's communion? Jesus. It's, it's the body and blood of Christ, right? So these are important things, and this is where when we go to Mass, it might seem boring a little bit at that age. I remember I was bored when I was your age when I went to church. But <clears throat> one of the important things is that we're receiving the sacraments now. <laughs> And we're receiving the sacraments. We're living part of our faith, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot to take on, though, as a kid, right? It's a lot to take on. Yeah. And the reason that I, I like to talk about this is because one of the things that we need to consider is that every year we do the same rituals, right? So mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about learning it all today okay. or this year. We're going to do it again next year and the following year. And so we're going to co- continue to learn about it and we're going to we're going to get better and better. One of the things that um, I want to make sure that we remember, though, is that having a Catholic education is very, very important. And mm-hmm. we're going to keep talking about a few more things because I want to know what it means to you in a different way, Sammy, as far as thinking about vocations and our future. Our music's coming on, so that means we're going to go to the break, and we're going to hear more from Sammy when we come back from the break. 
All right. Well, welcome back here to the Dr. Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Today, we're talking about not forgetting to continue educating our children in the Catholic faith as we are in the midst of quarantine. So it can be pretty challenging because in the middle of quarantine, we're trying to figure out our own lives. We're trying to figure out when do we go to the store? When do we, uh, you know, stay quarantined? Are restaurants open or closed? Are stores open or closed? And there's so many different things going on in our lives. As Catholics, it's easy to forget um, or to not think about directly. I got to keep teaching the kids. I got to make sure the kids get their education, especially when our own churches are closed down, when we're not able to always get to the sacraments. Um, And so it's important to always remember to continue to foster our Catholic faith in our children, in our future, in the, it's really an investment in the future of the Catholic church of our Catholic faith. Um, because really ultimately we're going to keep getting older and our children are going to get older. And I hope that someday they continue to teach their children. Today we're joined by a very, very special guest, Sammy. How are you doing? This is my oldest daughter, Sammy. Say hi, Sammy. Hi. Sammy, we were talking a little bit about Catholic school and going to school and what you're learning during the season of Lent and sacrifices and things like that. But as a whole, what does it mean to you? Now, this is a big question, okay? So I'm going to ask you a big question. So you don't, might not have to have an, a direct answer. It might be something you want to think about. But what does it mean to you to say that you're Catholic? Um, it's a big question, huh? Is it kind of a big question or what? Yeah. Yeah, right? So, because it's like, whoa, I'll tell you what, if somebody asked me that question, I'd be like, whoa, hang on, let me think about that for a little bit, because that's kind of a big question. But for Mm -hmm. you, what does it mean to be Catholic? I don't know. (laughs) That's okay. You don't have to know. But when you hear that or when somebody says, hey, are you Catholic? What would you say? Yes. And so then I would say, well, how do you know? I was baptized in a Catholic church. Wow, you were baptized in a Catholic church. Yes, you were, absolutely. And so what does that mean? So you were baptized in a Catholic church and you're Catholic, so what does that mean? I'm part of God's family. You're part of God's family. And at the end of the day, I think that's probably the best answer I could probably give for that question because that's really what it means, right? I'm Catholic, and if I tell somebody I'm Catholic and they say, well, what does that mean? Well, it means that I'm baptized and now I'm part of God's family. And that's really, really important. You know, we were talking about something. We were talking about what you're learning in school. One thing is Lent, uh, the sacraments. We were talking about going to Mass and receiving communion. But then uh, before the show and on the way here, I had asked you who your favorite saints were. And you gave me a big list, right? Do you want to go through that list a little bit and see what, and see what you remember from each saint? Because I wrote them down as you were telling me. Mm-hmm. All right. So one of the things that you told me about was St. Nicholas. What do you know about St. Nicholas? He was a generous saint. He was a generous saint, right? So sometimes, what, what else do sometimes people call him? Santa Claus. Right, because at Christmas time when it's the birth of Christ, so all of a sudden sometimes St. Nicholas will bring us gifts, right, because he was generous. You mentioned St. Elizabeth. Who was St. Elizabeth? Mary's cousin. Yeah, and you mentioned St. Anne. Who's that? Mary's mother. Right, and then what about St. Michael? He's the archangel. The archangel. And what did he do? He defeated devils. That's right. And then you mentioned St. Matthew. Mm-hmm. What do you know about St. Matthew? He's an apostle and a gospel writer. And what do you like about St. Matthew? He's my brother. Well, he's kind of your brother. He's, uh, Matthew has the same name, right? <laughs> yes. We named your younger brother Matthew after the, after the evangelist. <laughs> and then you mentioned one very important saint, and you said it was St. Samantha. Why do you like St. Samantha? Because I was named after her. Right. And what did St. Samantha do? She became a nun. Okay. And I asked you, and I said, do you think you want to be a nun? 
Maybe. Maybe, right? So it's important, right? Why, why do you think you might want to be a nun? Because mm, then you can get closer to Jesus. Sure, that's, a, that's one way to get closer to Jesus. I think that in any vocation, it's a way to get closer to Jesus. But if God in your heart's telling you that by being a nun, that might be closer to Jesus. Are there any nuns you know? Danny. Right. So Sister Angelique, right, who is my sister and your aunt, she is a nun, right, and she wears her habit. And what do you think about her wearing her habit and everything? That outfit she wears. It's cool. Is it kind of cool? Yeah. Now, you also thought at one point you might want to be a mommy and you want to have four kids, (laughs) right? What do you think about that now? I don't want to be a mom still. You might still want to be a mom. Yeah, so you know what? I want you to think about all the different possibilities of wherever you think God might be calling you to your vocation, right? And I think it's important. What One thing that's nice, I'll tell you, one thing that's nice about being Catholic as your daddy is that when you start thinking about your vocation and what you want to do in life, it's nice to think about, well, what does God want for me? I'm not alone in this decision. I can pray about it, and I can see where God is guiding me, right? So these are important things. Now, when you um, go to school, when you're and when you're going to school, how often do you learn religion there? Mm, a lot. Well, but I guess my question, you know what, I asked you the question the wrong way. Are you learning, do you have religion class every day? Do you have it every other day? We have it every day, but sometimes we can't get to religion. Sometimes you can't get to religion, but do you get religion homework or you read mm-hmm. things? No? So what do you mean you can't get to religion? Sometimes, like, we get real busy, and then, like, we have to do something else before religion, and then it's almost time to go home. I've seen, I've seen that you usually pretty, you pretty regularly have religion homework, though. So doesn't your teacher teach you about religion and about the faith? Yeah. Right, as you're, as you're in church? So I've seen it. I'm sure that there's some days where it might get busy. But who's your teacher again? Mrs. Herman. And she's the one who gives you the religion class, right? Now, don't you have uh, communion every week? Yeah. Right, communion service. What days do you get communion? Uh, they, I don't know. They just naturally will say it on the loudspeakers. They'll just say it's for communion service. And so that's one of the things. So one of the things that I want you to remember is when we send you to Catholic school, it's not just about learning the religion, but it's about living the religion. So honestly, it's more important to receive communion than um, to sometimes read about it. We have to read about it to understand what it is. But once we receive communion, that's our religion right there, right? Mm -hmm. So Sammy, what are you hoping happens for the rest of the year for you? Do you ever want to go back to virtual? Do you like going to school? I like going to school. Okay. And then what have they told you that you had to be back in virtual at home? Mm. We'd do it, right? And that'd be okay? hmm Yeah. Do you have a favorite subject, Sammy? Reading. Reading. What do you like about reading? You get to read interesting books. Okay, very good. Sammy, do you read any books about the Catholic faith? No. Do you, do you ever at home read any books on the saints? Mm, no. You don't remember? Uh, yeah, I used to. <laughs> yeah, I used to. So we do read books on the saints, right? And that's how we learn about these different saints, because how did you learn about all these different saints and what they were? I was taught. Right. Do you remember when you learned it? No. Probably not. And you know what? That's perfect, because one of the things about learning the Catholic faith is that we learn it every year and we learn it all the time. So one of the things that happens naturally is that after a while, we just kind of know it, right? Mm-hmm. 
we kind of know the Catholic faith. We kind of know what it is that, what, that we're a part of. One of the things that's important about the saints is that there are people just like us who went before us and they chose Christ, right? They chose to follow Jesus. And that's important for us to do as well. Um, what do you know about, uh, in terms of your sisters and being at home and Matthew, what do you know about, does, what, do, what do your sisters think about the Catholic faith? What would they say? I'm not that sure of their opinion. That's okay, but do you think that they know certain things? Yes. Because at home, um, you guys are always asking questions, right? Mm-hmm. And you're saying, why is this like this or why is this like that? And you're asking some some challenging, challenging questions, mm-hmm. um, which is good because I might not have all the answers, but I know that we're part of this, this greater faith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I would wonder is, how would you feel if you were in a school where you didn't learn your Catholic faith? I don't know how I'd feel. It'd be weird, right? Because you've never been in that situation. But then what I would tell you as a daddy, I would be making extra sure that when you get home, um, you continue to learn the faith and that you continue to know what it means to be Catholic and how to move forward, right, in the Catholic faith. (laughs) Now, one of the things that you did this year, what was very special about this last year, this last school year? What did you get to do? Receive my first communion. You got your first communion. What was that like for you? Exciting. Was it? Are you sure? Mm, Sort of. Was it scary too or no? Yeah. What were you thinking when you went to receive it? Um, I know, but I just don't know how to explain this. Okay, take your time. Uh, Like when you made us practice with your wine at home, I thought I wouldn't really enjoy it as much. Right, we had to practice a little bit at home before you received it. And then when you received it, what did you think? It was okay. And did you feel different or anything? How did you feel in that moment? Mm, Normal. Yeah, normal. And you know what's really good about feeling normal when you receive communion? What? Is that we're actually receiving the body and blood of Christ, right? We're receiving Jesus right there. And sometimes we think that if we receive it because it's the body and blood of Christ, we're going to feel different or we're going to feel something special. But you know why you feel normal or why we go and receive and we feel normal? Like We don't always feel like something changed, right? Why do you think we feel just normal? I'm not sure. I think part of it is it's Jesus reminding us that he's always with us anyway. So, of course, when we receive communion, Christ comes to us in a very special, very real way. Mm-hmm. But the reason we feel normal is that Christ is always with us. Christ is, Christ is with us whether um, we're receiving communion, whether we're not. But when we re- do receive communion, he's with us in that moment. That's why we have to go receive him. And hopefully someday we can get to the point where the church is open up and we can receive him, receive him every day in the afternoons. But one of the things that I want you to remember is that <clears throat> when you're receiving the sacraments, when you're receiving uh, First Communion, it really is Jesus there. And the reason you feel normal is because Jesus is with you at all times, right? Now, Sammy, there was another sacrament that you received before you did your First Communion. What did you do this year? Reconciliation. You did reconciliation. What was that all about? Forgiving our sins. Right, but what happened? What did you do in that moment? Um, I said for what the sin. I said um, how many? Like it's my first time doing my reconciliation, and I said my sins. Then I said the act of contrition. The priest told me what to do or like pray, and then I was. Absolute. Um, my sins were gone. Yeah, you were absolved of your sins, right? And tell me, was it kind of scary before you went? Yes. 
Yeah, what was scary about it? Pretty much like the whole thing because I've never done it before then. But was there anything in particular? I mean, so it's scary because it's brand new, but was there anything in particular that was scary? No. No, not like telling, what about telling the priest your sins? Was that kind of scary, that idea scary? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Why? Because it was going to be my first time having to tell someone what I did. I know, right? And then what happened afterwards when he gave you absolution? How did you feel? Better. Yeah, you felt, did you feel pretty good? Yeah. All right. Well, that's wonderful, Sammy. So a lot of good things happened. Even in the midst of quarantine, we were able to still get your first confession in. We were able to get your first communion. And you're still able to learn about the Catholic faith, right? Mm -hmm. Now, when you get older, let's say, let's say that you do get older and that you become a mommy, right? That you get married and you become a mommy. Do you think you're going to want to teach your kids about the faith as well? Yes. Yeah? Why do you think you're going to teach them about? Mm, Jesus? Yeah, about Jesus. And what else about Jesus? What he did for us. Okay. Now, tell me something. I know that we're talking about Lent right now. We're making sacrifices, right? Mm -hmm. And when we come back, I'm going to want to talk about Christmas and what that was like when we were quarantined because it was a little bit different, right? Uh -huh. All right. So we're going to go to our break in just a little bit. But when we come back from the break, hopefully we'll be able to talk a little bit more about the different seasons that we've experienced even in the midst of quarantine. Okay. okay. When we come back. All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. And I'm Dr. Luis Sandoval, your host. Today, we're talking about educating our children and really bringing forth the faith and reminding our children of what is involved in being Catholic and the Catholic faith. In the first two segments, you heard me talking about my daughter or talking with my daughter, Sammy, who uh, is, we're lucky enough right now to have her in Catholic school. I know a lot of parents aren't able to do that. Um, a lot of parents have to send their kids to public school and, and that's fine. I mean, I think the education uh, that we get as long as our, our children are learning is wonderful. But as parents, really, it comes down to our responsibility, whether our kids go to Catholic school or not. It, you know, when I was younger, I can only remember that all the things that I take with me in my heart, all the things that really make me remember how to practice my faith, I really learned at home. You know, school was good for the, for the book part. But as parents, I think it can get really challenging to model the behavior, especially in the time of quarantine, especially when for ourselves, our churches have been closed. What do we tell the kids? You know, we can watch the mass on TV, but that can be a little bit challenging for parents, you know, and um, it's not the, it can't always be the funnest thing for kids. As a kid, I remember being bored too. And why are my parents teaching me this? And why am I learning about this? And it's the kind of thing that and until we get older, we start to appreciate the faith more. That's how our psychology works. That's how it is in life. You know, I know that I always talk to our producer here about our aches and pains as we get older. You know, we talk about our back pain and knee pain. And when we're young, when we're in our teens or 20s, we don't even think twice about it. You know, if we fall down, we get up and within a couple of weeks, boy, everything's healed. But as we get older, we start to feel the back pain, the leg pain, the joint pain, the arthritis or things like that. And then we start to think, oh, this is what my parents meant. This is what my grandparents meant. And now I'm in the same shoe and now I'm in the same boat. Well, when it comes to 
getting older and maturing, we start to understand the experiences of other people. And if we start learning when we're young, in the Catholic faith, it's the same way. Not so much about pain as we get older and down that. Hopefully the, the Catholic faith is not painful as we get older, but hopefully we can understand a little bit more about what our parents meant, what is involved in being Catholic. Now I understand their concerns. You know, in these times of quarantine and these unprecedented times where changes in, in government and, and politics, um, there's a lot of people talking about different things about, you know, is this the end times? Is this a time of prophetic apparitions? Um, is this a time where we have to be worried about what's happening, what's going to happen to our faith? Is it falling apart? You know, are we supposed to pray the rosary or not? Um, or is this because, you know, the Fatima promises, the Akita promises, La Salette? We look at all these different prophecies, and if we, didn't, if we weren't taught these things as little kids, it might not make as much sense for us as adults. And this is really what the show is about. It's about teaching the children. It's about not forgetting to t- teach the children, not just their math, their reading, and um, you know, all the different subjects that we learn in school, but really teaching them and reminding them to put Jesus in their heart. This might be a little bit more challenging now because we're not always able to go to church. We're not always able to receive the sacraments. And this is, this is really hard. You know, when, at what point in our lives did we ever think, or did I ever think, I should say, um, that all of a sudden that we're going to say, you know, there's not going to be, um, you know, the priests are still going to have their private masses, but there's not going to be a distribution of communion. You're going to have to watch uh, mass on TV. That, that was unheard of. And as Catholics, I think that God brings something good out of every challenging situation. And I think as Catholics, this is a time for us to really ask ourselves, what's important? What is it that really matters to us? When things are taken away from us, I think that then we appreciate it a little bit more. You know, it's easy to take it for granted, uh, especially here uh, where we live in Southern California, where there's, you know, churches abound and we're used to having schedules of, of masses on Sunday that were, you know, pretty much every hour. You could go to any different church and you can figure out what time Mass was being said. And really, it was almost impossible to not go to Mass. We could always make excuses. We could always say why we couldn't go. But it was impossible to not go. I think the important part now is what we're we're kind of given a gift to see what does the mass mean to us? Where's the value of the mass? You know, what's the value of the Eucharist in our lives? I think that if we were saying, oh, I need to get my ashes and I need to get to Palm Sunday or Christmas and Easter, you know, those might have been okay before to say, well, these are this is really important to us. But if we don't understand that the Eucharist is the most important thing, it can get really, really challenging for us. We got to ask ourselves, where is going to be, where is the healing going to come from in our lives. I get a lot of patients and a lot of uh, different people who feel that during this time of quarantine, things are very hard for them. Um, It's hard to surmount things, even if their lives haven't changed much, even if let's say that they were already retired and they don't have any financial problems, they're finding their level of stress to go really high. And I wonder, you know, and these are Catholics who they didn't put a whole lot of importance into the Eucharist, into the sacraments, into receiving communion, um, into going to confession. Without these sacraments, it's it's natural for us to be anxious. It's natural for us to get depressed because we've got to remember that our souls are working as well. And if our souls aren't working in a way that they're moving closer to God, they're going to get sick, they're going to get ill, and we're not going to feel good. We're not going to feel good spiritually, and it might translate into not feeling good emotionally. So I want to remind us 
this is an important time for us to say, hey, we need to get our sacraments back. We need to find a way to make sure that as things open up, we make it to Mass. I was speaking to a priest friend of mine, and he told me that he was worried that after the quarantine, they were going to lose about a third of the congregation, about 30% of their congregation probably wouldn't come back because if things are quarantined and the Mass went away, then they got to wonder how important was the Mass? How important is it? Well, you know, if they're telling us that we can do without then maybe we don't have to come back. Maybe it's not that important. And we have to remind ourselves as Catholics, no, it is important. We have to lead by our example. We have to let our neighbors know. We have to let um, I know our priests know how important it is to us. We have to let our bishops know how important it is to us because we need to keep this. We need to keep our sacraments going. This is the basis of our faith. The Eucharist is the source and summit of all grace. You know, the Eucharist alone has healing powers that keeps us from getting depressed, that can keep us from getting anxious spiritually and physically. You know, Christ heals us spiritually and physically. The reason that I say teach the children is because ultimately we're all children of God. We never stop being children of God. And our duty to teach our own children and our families is what helps to keep the faith going. There is a very real fear among some of the prelates, some of the priests that the faith might be dying out. It might be dying out, especially in this time of quarantine, especially when churches are shut down. You know, we see this happen in communist countries in the past where churches were closed um, and all of a sudden the faith is no longer practiced and people forget about it. Um, we hope that our faith is renewed in this time and that as things open up, we are even more fervent in, in, in following our Catholic faith. But I think it's going to be so important that while we are in quarantine or while things are closed or if we're not able to get to the churches we need to get to, we don't forget to teach the children. We don't forget to do that. You know, this sparked in my mind because uh, I was asked to do an interview in terms of, um, you know, there was an article that came out in, from the BBC that had some suggestions for parents on making up for lost school time. This was not a religious uh, article. It was just strictly, you know, the kids haven't gone to school. How are we going to make up for lost school time? You know, and there were suggestions of, well, there should be maybe summer school. Okay, they gave us five suggestions. They said summer school, maybe weekly tutoring sessions, maybe even repeating the school year, maybe extending the school days, or increasing well-being support. Now, that's a general term, well-being support. But this article made me think, you know, yeah, okay, so you can have summer school. You, we can always get the academics on track, even if it means, you know, extra tutoring sessions, if it means repeating the school year. Um, you know, repeating the school year is not a terrible thing if the child's behind. It just means it's just the material. It's, and, and we always kind of attach the material to an age. Um, but it really, all that means is let's learn the material. This article made me think because we're very worried about making sure that, you know, our kids get academically ahead and make sure that they get to the right colleges or the right jobs. And those are things that those are important things here on earth. We, we have to survive here on earth and that's part of our system, but they are earthly things. One of the things that I wondered was, what if this article say, how can we make up for lost religion time? How can we make up for lost Catholic time? How can we make up for lost time that we haven't been able to receive the Eucharist, that we haven't been able to go to Mass? And I was thinking about that for ourselves as well as for our kids. I think the way that we make up for it is we continue the spirit of the church. We, can, we pray to the Holy Spirit and we ask the Holy Spirit to continue to be in our lives every day, to not forget to wake up and remind our children to pray to still say grace before meals, and to keep Sundays holy. Even if we can't go to church or we can't go to Mass, it's a day to get the Bible out and start reading passages from the Bible and see what that means to us. Because what do we essentially do on Sundays? We go to church, we listen to the, to the 
to the Bible readings, to the to the letters of St. Paul. We listen to the Gospels. We have some Psalms. I think in our very own domestic church, we have to continue that as parents. Um, and, you know, as dads, especially as the heads of the household in the year of St. Joseph, this is one of the things, you know, St. Joseph was challenged. He had to get up and he had to flee from Bethlehem. He had to first travel to, to Bethlehem from Nazareth and find a place for his child to be born and, and to care for the Virgin Mary. As a head of the household, he had to make difficult choices during difficult decisions. We're faced with that as dads as well. we got to keep that faith alive. And I think that it's so powerful when, as dads, we start to pray. We say, hey, we have to get together and pray the rosary. A lot of men um, see that as, you know, especially culturally, we see that as, oh, you know, the rosaries for, for old ladies in church to pray. But we have to remember that we have, it's not like that at all. The rosary is a very powerful weapon um, against evil. And as dads, not, we have to protect our households, not just physically, making sure that, you know, the doors are locked and, and that everybody's doing okay and that the plumbing's fixed and that the house is in good working order so we can live in it. That's important to make sure that we're protecting our family that way. But we also have the power to protect our family spiritually. And there's absolutely nothing I think more powerful than for a dad to come in and say, listen, we're going to sit down and we're going to pray a rosary and we're going to pray together as a family and we're going to ask God to help us. Um, It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of reminding the family that God is there to help us. God is there to guide the family. And it's our job really to to keep that alive, to keep that going, because that's how we're teaching our children to run their families. You know, we've talked before on the show about making sure that you pray for the spouses, the future spouses of your children. And one of the things that's important with that is we have the authority as parents to help guide our children spiritually. We pray for their future spouses, but we have to teach them to pray for themselves too, because if they get older, they get married, the future of the Catholic faith is in their hands. And they're going to remember that. They're going to remember the education they got, the Catholic education they got, not just from going to Catholic schools if they're lucky enough, but more importantly, the Catholic education they got from their parents. More when we come back from the break, we're going to have uh, my daughter come back and talk to us a little bit more about her experience being Catholic during quarantine. All right, well, welcome back to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. If you're joining us today, please uh, remember, feel free to donate if you like what you're hearing, if you like the, um, the different talks that you get here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, the catechesis, the, the fervor for the faith, really. I really appreciate all of our shows and how much they try to bring Christ back into our hearts. And it's really a reminder for us about how we have to follow our faith through all stages but it starts, I think, when we're kids. Get them while they're young. Hi, Sammy. How you doing? Good. You're back with us. So, Sammy, tell me something. How have you been feeling during this whole quarantine? Mm, sort of good, sort of not. Okay. How sort of good? Because I can see my friends at school and we don't have to do virtual. Mm, and then how do you feel sort of not good during quarantine? You have to wear face masks. You don't like the face masks? No, they're too uncomfortable when you breathe. Yeah. When you're like running around and everything. And like you have to stay social distance from everyone else. How hard is that? Very hard because uh, me and my friends naturally, we just forget to social distance. Sometimes, right? Yeah, but as kids, you know, that's what's going to happen, right? 
So, but one of the things I wondered is, what's your experience like? I don't think I've ever asked you this. What do you think about quarantine with the family? How's it been? How's it been at home? Has anything changed? Do you think anything's different, or are you kind of enjoying being at home a lot more? I'm sort of enjoying being at home a lot more, mm -hmm. but sometimes I get in arguments with my siblings <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, what kind of things do you guys argue about? Like when we were. Like sometimes when we play, we get arguing, mm -hmm. some other stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's what, that's good though. You know why that's good? Why? Because usually when you're, well, when you guys are arguing anyway, usually it's because you're just trying to share with each other what you're thinking or how you're feeling or how you want to play. Because I know that you guys usually say, you know, she's not playing the way I want to, or you're not sharing the toys or she's playing with my toys, right? <laughs> so yeah, those are normal arguments that we're going to have. Now, let me see. This past year, do you like Christmas? Yes. Is that your favorite holiday? Yep. Throughout the year? What do you like about Christmas? We get to have presents and Jesus was born. That's right. So, <laughs> so maybe we'll have to learn how to flip those around. So Jesus is born on Christmas, right? And we get presents. How awesome is that? Especially as a kid, right? Yeah. We're always looking forward to the presents, but it's nice to associate that and remember that the whole purpose of Christmas is that Jesus was born. How was Christmas this past year for you? How was it different? Uh, it was quarantine time. Yeah. So what happened during quarantine and Christmas? Um, um, well, I think that if I recall correctly, one of the things that you told me before was we really weren't able to see anybody. Oh, yeah. Right? Because we were at home and yeah, so we saw like you talked to your grandpa like on the phone or you saw him on FaceTime and the same thing. Maybe you saw your Nana for a little bit, right? So we were able to do a very little bit, but... Yeah. Compared to other years, it was it was a little bit different. Yeah. But <clears throat> did Christmas still happen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Christmas. When Jesus was born. When Jesus was born. So every year, no matter what, we always have to remember that we're going to continue to celebrate our faith, right? So right now we might be in quarantine and that might be challenging and there are going to be things that we're naturally going to shift and that we're going to have to worry about. But every year what we have to do is we have to remember that even if we're in the midst of quarantine or things are different, our faith never stops. Our faith never stops and we never stop celebrating it, <laughs> right? So this year Christmas was a little bit different, but we still celebrated the birth of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know what I really like about Christmas? What's what's your do you have a favorite part of Christmas how we celebrate it at home or no? We get to celebrate with the family. Well, with the family, that's always really cool. But are there any traditions that you like that we do at home? We get to make Jesus a birthday cake. So that's right. Every year, you, you mommy and, you, and the girl and the kids, you guys make a birthday cake for Jesus, right? Yes. So yeah, and then we sing happy birthday to baby Jesus. And then what about putting straw in the manger? Um, I got to think about that one. Do you remember the, the little pieces of yarn that we put on, on, the, on baby Jesus' crib? What about that? Um, we get to help him have a soft bed. Yeah, you build baby Jesus' bed, right? So I really like doing that a lot because at the end of the day, you get little pieces of straw or hay or yarn and we put it together to make baby Jesus' bed so it's ready for him when it's Christmas Day, right? Yeah. And so, Sammy, I'm glad that we are able to keep these Catholic traditions alive. I'm glad that we're able to talk about the Catholic faith and I'm glad that we're going to hopefully continue to foster that throughout the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And do you think you're going to want to teach your kids about this? Yes. Yeah, that's good. Um, Sammy, one of the things about Catholic uh, faith and Catholic school, uh, do you find it hard to remember these things? Sort of. Really? What do you find hard? Mm, I'm not sure what I find hard. 
what's just the, like, I get caught up in doing other stuff and not focusing on Jesus. That's true, right? And that you know what? That's true of everybody. So it's it's true of all of us as adults. All of a sudden, we'll start to notice that, you know, life happens and we start to worry about different things. I know that when the quarantine started, I had to worry about how are we going to get, you know, go to the, are we going to have groceries for the house? Are we going to have supplies for the house? Do we need to get more things? Do we need to stock up on anything? Is it safe to go to the store or not? And during those times, it's perfectly normal to focus on other things. Just like you said, you know, you start focusing on other things, maybe, you know, music or talking to your friends or doing things around the house. And it's very easy to not focus on Jesus. And that's, you know, it's okay in terms of we got to get done what we need to get done during the day. But one of the important things is, making sure that we continue to remember Christ in our lives. Do you have any clues or any uh, hints or any ways that you think would be helpful to remember Jesus? Mm, let me think on that. i got to think on that one first. All right, go ahead and think on that one. I'll give you a few things that I think about. One of the things that I really like okay. is that even if we're working during the day, regardless of what happened, um, we get home and at night before we go to bed, we always stop everything and we pray the rosary. Oh, I got one. Oh, what do you have to say? Just to pray. Just to pray, right? So that's right. And so that's what we're talking about. So we can take the time to stop and pray. So one of the things is we stop and we pray the rosary. What other times do we pray during the day? Mm-hmm. Before we eat meals. So we always pray before we eat meals. we got to remember to, to um, thank God, right, for the meals that we have, for all the, because really the, if we have a meal to eat, that tells me that we're working as a family towards making sure that we all eat and that we're healthy, right? And regardless of what's happening, we're all coming together as a family. Are there any other times that we pray? <coughs> oh, bless you. Thanks. Are there um, any other times that we pray? Let's see. We always pray when we're going to drive. Okay. We pray when we drive. We ask Jesus to keep us safe during our, our, our drive. And then what about like at uh, noon and at six o'clock? We always pray the Angelus. So then we pray in the Angelus, right? And it seems kind of normal now. now. Does it seem like we're praying too much or does it just feel kind of normal? It feels normal. Right, it's just part of what we do. And I think that that's the important thing that I, I want to remind um, parents and families that once we start doing things, that seem, at first it might seem a little bit different or a little bit odd or it seems like maybe we're praying too much. But for us, it's, it's more like it's just part of our everyday, right? Mm-hmm. We just continue to pray and it's just part of our everyday lives. I think of nothing else, the power of prayer in the family, the power of reminding that reminding us and each family member that Jesus is there um, and that we turn to Christ to thank him for the day during different parts of the day. That's really what's important. That's really what keeps our faith alive, okay. right? Now, Sammy, what else do we do for you when we won't, um, not when we go to church, but don't you have certain coloring books that you like? Yeah. What coloring books do you have? Mm-hmm. Coloring books of Jesus? Right. So we have a few different ones, right? We found some some coloring books through uh, the Byzantine church, right? Mm-hmm. And they were coloring books of Jesus. And one of them is about the parables. Another one is about gospel stories. Feast days. About feast days. And I think there's one more, right? Uh, like how people dress. Well, there's, you see all the different, oh yeah, so it's about the church and, and the different parts of the church and how the priests dress and yeah. the church and what they're wearing. And the, and the deacon. And the deacon, right? So that book is more instructional on what's there on the altar and things of that nature, yeah. right? So all these things are important because sometimes when we go to mass, we forget to, to teach our kids too as parents, I'll tell you. Sometimes we forget to explain this is what's happening during the mass or this is what's on the altar. This is what uh, the priest is doing right now. He's consecrating 
You know, these are important things that we have to remember to keep in mind and to teach our future generations. Because I hope that someday you're able to teach your kids as well if God gives you kids, right? Mm -hmm. And you're able to teach them about the Catholic faith and what's going on there. Mm -hmm. These are all really good things. Well, Sam, are you okay? Yep. Were you yawning? Yep. (laughs) It looks like you were tearing up. So, Sammy, thank you for joining us today. I think it's been wonderful having you here. I think it's wonderful, a reminder to me anyway, of making sure that we keep on the, the passing on the Catholic faith and, and teaching about it and that it never, ever stops because even do your grandparents teach you about it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, what do they teach you? Mm, I don't really remember. Okay, but what about when you go to your, your grandparents' homes? Are there things on the walls or anything that you see? Well, at Abuelita's house, I see a bunch of... Like crosses and uh, statues of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Yeah, at Abuelita's house, right? At, uh, at my mom's, right? So, yeah, you're always going to see all that stuff. And and do you ever think about it or it's just kind of there? I never think about it. It's just kind of there, right? And so that's something that a priest called line of sight. And usually what that means is we these are important reminders to really dress our our home um, to really make our home beautiful and remind us that we're living there in the presence of God. And so if we have a cross, a crucifix, that we have pictures of Jesus. These are important things of how we're teaching not just our children, but reminding ourselves as adults, as parents, that we have to pass on the faith and that the faith is living the whole time. So I know that culturally in the Hispanic world, it's very common to have statues of Our Lady, Our Lady of Guadalupe, um, to have different saints around. And I think that that's so beautiful and wonderful, right? And especially during this time of quarantine, we can never forget that. I think that this is what's really going to get us through the quarantine, what's really going to get us back to a sense of normalcy, not just in our social world, in the regular world, but in our faith world and where there's going to be some more normalcy to our faith, where hopefully we start to remember that, you know, the churches are going to open up again. But it's our responsibility to not let that, not take that for granted again. Once the churches start to open, once we see that we can start to receive the sacraments again, to really appreciate that, to go and to make sure that when we're there, we're paying extra close attention to it. Just like you were saying, Sammy, this year you said you wanted to put your heart into praying the rosary, right? Which I really think more than anything else means try not to get distracted. Try to focus on what I'm praying. Try to focus on the mysteries of the rosary. I think we need to do that. That's great that you're doing that for the rosary, sweetheart. I think that's wonderful. But I think as Catholics, the take-home message is remember that our Catholic faith is so rich. And right now, if we feel like we're separated from it or anything along those lines, when as we start getting back to normal, this is the time for us to remember what we like about it and what we're going to do, not only to enrich it for ourselves and to be more present and hold it in our heart for ourselves, but really to make sure that we pass that on to our children. Um, If we're lucky enough to send them to a Catholic school, I think that's wonderful. I think that's a great um, addition and a great adjunct to the education that we're giving them at home. And if we're not able to send them to Catholic school, we have to remember, and more importantly than anything else, I can tell you the primary education and that which our kids are going to take with themselves is that which they're going to learn from their parents. The lessons from the parents are never forgotten. Right, Sammy? Yes. All right. And for all of you listeners, we're going to be back next week. Um, Hope that you listen to us and join us. If you have any questions for me, feel free to email me at dr.dr.sandovalbmpr at gmail.com. Until next time, I wish you all nothing but health. Bye, Sammy.